Hey there, and happy Pi Day to you on this gloomy, strange, uncharted land of Corona. It's Corona this, Corona that, Corona this, this, and that, that, all day, every day, and every station you listen to on the radio, every TV show you watch, it's all about Corona. And it's absolutely everywhere. So it has taken us by storm, and it has taken over. There's no question about that. Well, my name is Garrett Lowry, and I'm a teacher, a coach, and a minister. And I literally just woke up this morning at about 4 a.m. and uh, was just rolling around in bed, looking at the app store, and just decided, you know what, it might be a good idea to do a podcast. So here we go. I really don't know a whole lot about this. I've been on the Coach Young podcast a couple of times, and I've listened to podcasts before. But overall, to me, this is just a matter of uh, putting out there uh, what I want to say and getting some things off my chest. It's not about getting likes, follows, mentions, prestige, or anything like that. So my goal with this, and we'll just have to see how long it goes, probably be a monthly thing if it continues at some juncture. But I want to present truth and just commentary on life from my own Christian perspective, recognizing that everybody has a different view on things, and that's okay to disagree with each other. That's one thing I believe that our culture has lost sight of in um, the great thing about being an American is that you're free to be who you want to be and think how you want to think, and that's okay to be different. And when we lose sight of that, we don't come together as well as we should. And as you know, uh, divided we fall, united we may stand. So I just want to provide a different perspective, hopefully provide some sort of a bit of meaningful insight, or at least tidbit, and at the very least, just be some kind of entertainment for anyone who might would listen, if anyone, if anyone does. And if not, it won't hurt my feelings. It will be good, if nothing else, for this kind of um, method and platform to serve as a way for me to not only get a few things off my chest, but to stay organized and in the future to look back and sort of see what I was thinking and what was going on in the world today. So, that being said, as I begin this journey, even if it is just one episode, haha, I want to thank you for listening and encourage you to just relax, enjoy, and get out of this whatever you will. Okay, so that YouTube hit that just was being played for you, I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's equally sad, it's bad, but quite good as well on the same token. So, in the sweet, sweet name of our Lord, what is going on here in America? Does anybody know, can can you explain this to me? Because from my perspective, in my limited view, this may be 
the most massive overreaction and irrational example of freaking out that I've ever seen in my life. I'll start with what was easily the most odd week of school that I've ever had. As a teacher at uh, Barstown Middle School, we were told a few days ago that it was a possibility that we would shut down, but that we needed to kind of keep that on the down low so that kids would keep coming to school, obviously, as we prepared uh, paper copies for kids who couldn't have access of home and 10 days of work labeled and clearly uh, given to them where it'd be easy for them to see and then post all that in Google Classroom. So as everybody's just running around freaking out and making copies all over the place and trying to work everything out, uh, kids are starting to pick up on things, even though I'm not sure that anybody told them. It's just from their parents and from the news and from the culture at large just kind of saying, hey, this is going on, and there's a rapidly spreading virus that came from China And so it kind of just led to, um, from one end, we are going, hey, this might happen, probably not, to the next, it's definitely going to happen. And there's going to be at least two weeks of shutdown of every school in the state and countrywide, Um, sporting events, events of all kinds, churches, and, and the like are just canceled. And we have never seen anything like this. No one has ever seen anything like this. But I figured uh, before the announcement, when I, when I knew this would, would transpire, was when the governor asked churches not to gather, one, and called schools closing and people participating in their closures good citizens, quote. That was number two. I figured this was certain at that point. But according to the official stats on KY. COVID19.ky.gov, it appears we have 11 people out of what, 3 million in the state, and zero deaths and zero children affected. Uh, so, very, very small percentage of people in our state here in Kentucky that have the COVID 19 virus. Furthermore, no one is dying except the elderly, and half of that comparatively small number is from a nursing home in Washington State, where the primary number of viruses remain. 5,000 are already dead from the flu this year in the United States. But we've lost our ever-loving minds over the COVID-19 virus. I think, personally, that if Rudy Gobert of the Jazz had not contracted the virus and literally one minute before the game started the other night, had the NBA not canceled the game and canceled the entire season, and then Duke, who has a high-ranking NCAA official on their board, not decided to pull the team from the NCAA tournament, and be one of the first dominoes to fall, I believe that most sports and events would still be in session. But, on the other hand, the fuel behind all this hysteria appears to, and not surprisingly at all, be coming from the loony liberal left. 
All their ammunition and support are behind a senile Joe Biden who's attempting to run for president out here cussing workers in Michigan, promising to cure cancer if you vote for him, as well as any other disease you can imagine. And on the same hand, he's forgetting what day it is, among other extraordinary gaffes, unlike any we've ever seen. It is equally hysterical and sad that the liberal media continues to spew out lies and use the coronavirus as a means to put Trump down and stop the incredible momentum and the good things that he's been doing for our country. You can put political bias aside and look at the pure raw stats. Only one example would be the increase in African-American jobs and all minority jobs and the building of the wall, the growing of the economy, Everything that Trump has done has been good. Now, do I agree with every single thing he does and says and the the means that he does it? No. But I'm excited that he's my president. I think that he comes on the heels of what was the worst president we've ever had in U.S. history. You know, Barack Obama, who literally gave billions of dollars to the Middle East for weapons. And we got nothing out of that. Who just made poor decision after poor decision after poor decision that drastically affected our economy. We're still trying to get out of that. But here we are in 2020, and the media is driven by such a strong hatred of Trump and the conservative right that they will do and say nearly anything to put him down. They've literally blamed the virus on him at points. You can listen to certain people that will say that, that will say that because we are so not trusting Trump, we are freaking out about the virus. We're scared because we don't trust Trump and his ability to handle the virus. Well, what have they done? Because it seems to me what Trump did was immediately pose a travel ban, even against his own advisors, telling him not to do this, telling him to wait. Tell them to see if the WHO makes it a, an official worldwide pandemic. Can you imagine if he had waited longer than the three weeks? So, although the mass shutdown seems to me to be an overreaction, I understand what they're trying to do. I really do, and I want to empathize with that. But it just, it just overall, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Um, And I, as a Christian, believe God has a plan and he will bring good from this and also believe that he's turning hearts to him. We've been too, uh, much too far reliant upon stuff and creation rather than the creator, which Romans 1.25 says that we should not worship creation and stuff that is temporary, but the creator. But in times like this, where stuff that is temporary is taken from you all at once, and we still have many blessings for which to be thankful, I might add. But when stuff is taken from you, you come to realize what you trust in and what you really had to be thankful for. I'm listening to these uh, sports shows as I drive to and from work. And guys are just saying that their lives in shambles. They don't know what to do without watching sports. There's people that are literally gambling on what the weather will be the next day. 
And it's just ridiculous. But I will say this as well. One of the most problematic issues for me is the tension with China that has been uncovered and amplified by this virus. And as someone who takes a great interest in China, having lived there for two years and planning to go back for a few weeks next summer, you may have seen that on Facebook, that my profile picture has changed to um, a background that says China 2021. I'm going to go back and visit some of the former Christians and friends I've made, see if I can make new contacts and just go to the cities I've been for a few weeks. But I can say that I'm a little worried about our relationship and that this is a big deal. Both sides appear to be blaming the other. For the United States, it looks like the virus came from Wuhan, that it got spread in the marketplace, and it ran rampant and out of control. But China is saying that the U.S. military, calling him agent slash soldier zero, may have infected people in Wuhan and therefore spread the virus. And they've demanded answers. I personally, knowing uh, a little bit about Chinese culture, I think China made a mistake. And it got out of hand quickly, and they tried to put precautions in place. But once it spread and became a worldwide issue, and everybody started looking at them and pointing the finger of blame, they decided to cover it up. This is not the first time that they've done that. I, I was keeping up with news pretty regular in China, and I've still kept up with them. And that is typical Chinese propaganda style to censor and block everything through what is called the Chinese firewall, the great Chinese firewall, to shape events to their liking, to paint them in a favorable light. Let me explain something to you. It is called saving face, and there is nothing that is a bigger deal in Chinese culture besides maybe guanxi, which is a whole other thing about friendship and the way you relate to others, that if you do something for somebody, it's expected that they do something uh, at least in equal value in return. But saving face is exactly what it sounds like. It's about not being embarrassed. It's about protecting the higher-ups and those in authority. It's about honoring your dignity and preserving your dignity at all costs. That is why it appears that they may have killed the vocal doctor who discovered that the Wuhan virus was a problem, that it could become an epidemic, and he was exposing that and putting stuff out online before the Chinese were taken, able to take it all off the web completely, at least from what, what their end was able to control. And it was produced through the masses. He was able to get that information out there and... Once he did, he became more fearful. You could tell in his videos and, and in what he was saying that he was uh, fearful and he was actually gone missing. And then eventually his uh, family was told that he'd been taken to like an education camp, re-education confinement, which still exists in China, and basically means that that man's in trouble. He's not coming back if he is alive. So, meanwhile, I'm not so sure that we aren't the ones making a fool of ourselves and have any room to point the finger of blame and laugh at China or put them down whatsoever. We're out here literally fighting over toilet paper for crying out loud. Toilet paper. 
as if that is the most basic life necessity. I find that just just cringeworthy. I mean, it's so dumb. It is literally so dumb. Speaking of which, China doesn't use it unless it's reused in many places. I kid you not, I've seen it with my own eyes. Outside of the major, major cities, of course, every city in China has about a, a million people, and there's a bunch of those cities, so obviously it's the most populous country in the world. You would think the cities are very populated. But anyway, you get outside the major cities and grocery stores and places like that, you're not going to find toilet paper being used. When you do, and you go into the toilet, you're going to see toilet paper bits folded up and used, and people will use that and not think a thing about it. And as I've come to learn, one of the reasons for that is that many people would just take the toilet paper roll when they went to the restroom. They're done using it. They're taking the whole roll with them. So to put a stop to that in part, and just because there's so many people and I guess so few supplies and for so many years they haven't really thought of that as a great, great need, they don't use it much. But that's one of the things that I became used to in the great land of the big chicken when I lived there. And I just have never prioritized toilet paper. But again, I just think it's comical that people are running through stores, just like kind of they did in Christmas a few years back. Um, you know, and, and even every year, there's people that are just literally tackling each other to get uh, save a few extra dollars, and it's absolutely bizarre. It's just ridiculous. So I would just say, and in closing up this COVID-19 chat, Suck it up and use a Kleenex or a daggone paper towel if you have to. It is not the end of the world. You are going to be fine. The COVID-19 virus is not the end of the world. You're going to be fine. I did want to give a little bit of encouragement from the book of Psalms. And I read from the Bible every morning, every single day. I've done that since I became a Christian when I was eight years old. But there's no need to have any fear in Christ. Psalm 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And in Psalm 27, 1, David, he writes, The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Again, nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. It's about perspective. One of the nicest old ladies I've ever met, and I've known her my whole life uh, through church, grew up at church with her, and when I was still at a different church, she went to another, and we've kind of, by God's grace, gotten back together in the same church uh, in Shepherdsville, Emmanuel Baptist. And one of the verses that she teaches the kids is called uh, Psalm 56.3. In the King James, it says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And that's just been such a, a good and important psalm for me to remember and reflect, not just in the midst of coronavirus, but on planes, um, through difficult days at school, uh, through difficult happenstances of life. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have Christ or Him to lean on, if I didn't have His Word to remind me to keep perspective, to slow down, to take a breath, to trust in Him. There's things that are just beyond our control, and we will lose control and lose our hold of things that we hold most dear. If we cling to stuff that doesn't last, we're going to be not only not satisfied, but we're going to lose in the end. We're going to keep having to have more and more of it and going from one thing to the next to be satisfied until we find Christ. So just anchor yourself in Christ. Trust in Him. Rely on Him. Read His Word. Pray. Go to church. And don't freak out over coronavirus or anything else in life for that matter. As a Christian, whether I live or die, I live to the Lord. All my possessions, all my hope, all my joy, all my life, all my satisfaction is in Him. And each day I'm nearer home than I was yesterday. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. So I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And therefore I live by faith and not by sight. I want to take a moment now and just kind of give a recap of what's been going on over the last couple of months, uh, in the last few weeks and moments and days. I want to start at the good old BMS in Tiger Country, where I teach seventh grade English and uh, just having a good time. And outside of a handful of crazies, and I'm often asked this, uh, and you'll, you'll see that everywhere, uh, and mostly that's fueled by their parents, I have a wonderful collection of hardworking and great students, great kids. And I actually 
really genuinely enjoy being there and teaching. Uh, right now, we're reading the book, uh, Nothing But the Truth, in reading class. It's about a kid named Philip who, at his high school, he's a ninth grader, uh, has been kind of dealing with an issue of underlying issue of not telling the whole truth. And so that's been good to kind of reflect on and have class discussion. But the dilemma that he's facing is uh, there's a memo that's read on the announcements, please stand at silent, respectful attention for the playing of the national anthem every day. And he's got a D in this teacher's class and wants to get out of her class. So he's humming and singing the national anthem and being defiant and disrespectful in every method while that's being played and wants to claim that he has the right to do so when really he's trying to get on her nerves. So it's it's been good. Uh, we also had a good hoops season this year. I will say as a side note, the only coach that I am currently coaching with, and there's a lot of them through Hebron Middle School and North Boyd High School and Barstown Middle School, uh, that I haven't previously coached against is the current sixth grade head coach. And that's because uh, he hasn't coached too long yet in his tenure. And I just haven't known him before. But uh, including Coach Hill, who's the eighth grade coach and the head coach at Bardstown, um, I have coached against every single coach that I'm coaching with. And that's a long story that I'll save for another day. Um, but the seventh grade team had eight players, and I was coaching them this year primarily, but even though I was at all three games and cared about each team, wanted to invest in all the kids as I always do wherever I'm coaching. Uh, it's about the kids, and uh, there's more to life than winning and losing. It's more than what a scoreboard says, and I want to teach players to be good men on and off the court as best I can, even though sometimes I'm not the best example for that. I try to to do my best. Uh, these eight players are all good kids, but they haven't had much instruction or experience or confidence, and yet they had a winning record and played every game close but two. They surprised a lot of people this year, and I was really proud of how far they went and improved. Uh, but the craziest thing ever happened during the basketball season. I don't think it's ever been done before in basketball. Uh, the number one team in our district, and there's about 10 teams in the district that we're in, uh, was Taylor County. And they came to our place, and we were up 19 to start the fourth quarter and lost the game at the buzzer on a run-out layup after we missed a layup. So that was very frustrating. But a few weeks later, we went down there to play in in the second round of the district tournament on their home floor. They're the one seed. We were the four seed. We were down 19 to start the fourth quarter of that game and came back and won without making a single three. Now, how does that happen? I have no idea. But we turned up the pressure. Uh, we stuck with it. And I think that out of the two, um, ours was most impressive because we didn't make a three. And because they had just done that to us, they should have known better. But that's, you know, talking to the coach after the game, we were both just kind of dumbfounded. Like, how does that even happen? Not once, but twice. And much less in the tournament, you know, two, three weeks after the previous meeting. So anyway, that was one of the best wins that I've ever been a part of. The boys were extremely excited, and unfortunately we did lose in the championship game uh, later on. 
but that's just how it goes. Ironically, with this COVID-19 virus, we dealt with a string of flu that was going on in Taylor County, and a couple of their better players were out, so they couldn't practice or whatever, and they wanted to cancel the eighth grade championship. They wanted to keep pushing it back and pushing it back, and eventually our boys got down there in the same place and beat them in a close game. Uh, so the eighth graders, they won. They have some dogs on their team, some guys who just, you know, we are not losing kind of guys, and, of course, that always helps. Uh, but over at Hebron, I love getting there um, as much as I can. They typically have practices at night, some some more than the, the high school does, so I'm able to get there. That was the only team that got to hold a banquet because they, they had it before COVID-19 just took over the globe. But I have a blast with those kids. Uh, those coaches are friends of mine, even though we used to coach, coach against each other. They are um, some good dudes and know a lot about coaching and, and just have some good uh, kids, good families up there. And I'm really excited to be there as much as I can in the Panther Nation and to be a part of that family. It's great. Uh, and North Point High School, which is the school that Hebron feeds to, had arguably the best team in school history this year with the most wins or reaching 25 and a district championship. Uh, got to have the 24th district title, which uh, elude, eluded me in my senior year when we transferred to the sixth region after coming off of a regional championship and trip to Rupp Arena and LIT wins and Ashland Invitational wins and uh, some college players and just great, great teams at, at East. We uh, swept the district and then lost by one point at BC uh, when I was a senior. So we did not grab the uh, 24th district title. Now come full circle and having won that with a bunch of hardworking dudes and just cool collection of kids that I really ju- in, enjoyed and and liked and jived with. Those those are great, great kids, and I'll never forget it. It was really special. Um, you know, having coached against them in middle school uh, and then to be able to be with them the last two years. They had no seniors on the team. Everybody looked them, looked over them, put them down, and they had a, an extremely tough schedule and played everybody tough and just continued to work and get better, fought through adversity and injury and uh, guys transferring uh, to Fern Creek and uh, Aspire Academy and elsewhere. So uh, hats off to those guys for an incredible, incredible ride. Uh, winning two holiday tournaments this year, one in Pensacola against teams from out of state that were good, one in Henderson against teams in state that were good, uh, and and just scaring the heck out of everybody. Nobody wanted to play them. Uh, so just happened to run into a great J-Town team, and, uh, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, but the biggest reason that I'm upset about the COVID-19 stuff is aside from people being sick and some kids and families being put in a bind is the cancellation of the UK basketball season and the NCAA tournament. Uh, This team was filled with a bunch of student athletes that I honestly haven't liked much as individual characters, such as Hagen's, because I think he cost us the tournament last year and he cost us a bunch of games just from stupid turnovers. Uh, And Nick Richards, who, you know, never was fully developed and I didn't really enjoy, uh, But also, this team is strangely and uniquely made to be much better liked on the whole because of how hard they have worked to improve and how much they like each other. I genuinely like Nick Richards because of how much he's improved. I like Hagen's heart. I know he's a team guy. Even though he seems to either have a low basketball IQ or just play selfish at times and just doesn't know what he's doing, uh, he costs us some games. 
But I think God may have canceled the season because UK was going to win. Uh, God knows UK fans get carried away with all of it and lose track of the one who is to really be worshipped sometimes. But okay, so I'm kidding. But sometimes I wonder when you consider the teams cheating and basically getting away with it, uh, and when we have virtually seen a few championships just slip right out of our fingers, not in small part thanks to a few mind-boggling referee performances, uh, you know, John Higgins and the like, uh, Doug Shows, etc. I just happen to want, I have to wonder sometimes if God wants us to lose. Um, I thought about going somewhere of a break, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen, but I'm still keeping all options on the table. I'm not sure what's going on. I've been playing with uh, the Smule app, S-M-U-L-E app, and singing all kinds of songs in the studio sound for free. And as I sit around and just bake cookies, play video games, and watch Hulu, I'll be available to my students, sneaking out to church and to be with family. And I'll be wondering, like many people, how to live live and uh, keep most productive. So if you are not going to church tomorrow, come on out to IBC Shepherdsville right there on West Blue Lick. Services start at 11. Uh, we just got a nice brand new $11,000 sound system. I just rode down there and checked it out today. It was pretty sweet. Got the screen in the front, screen in the back, new monitors, uh, and an incredible, uh, cool sound system. You flip a switch and every button just kind of slides into place. It was kind of... It had me shook when I first saw it. Um, but you need to check out the My 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 Corona YouTube song that was playing earlier in the episode. Uh, and I recommend you always read some scripture in any number of the incredible repertoire of Christian books and devotional books we have access to in today's world and through apps and technology like the Get Questions app, which is great. Um, dealing with any um, Bible questions you have from a Christian perspective and providing scriptural insight to help us get a grasp of some of those things, but also get a hold of a good fictional read. At school recently, the kids got a book poster project together, and I heard about several interesting books that I'd never heard of. One was uh, Hope and Other Punchlines, which is definitely uh, a must read. It felt very interesting, and it's one that I'm going to look into and invite you to do the same. But in a world where everyone looks for hope, it's important to know what we believe and why we believe it. It's important to have something to live for and to stand up for. If you if you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. And that's Isaiah 7, 9. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the recommendations that I have for you. Well, everyone, this has been the Big Facts opening podcast. Thank you for listening. Be safe, be productive, and enjoy your day. Enjoy your break uh, as you navigate the realm of Corona land. Make sure you make the most of it by trusting in Christ and finding a good read, including his word. Um, I would love to hear any questions that you may have about me, the Bible, life in general, UK, or anything. Find me uh, at G-A-R-E-T-T. L-O-W-E-R-Y on social media or just leave a comment.
Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, I just ask you to be with those affected by the coronavirus. I ask you to bring healing to them. Bless them and their families. Be with the kids and families dealing with the difficulties created by this virus and the shutdown of schools and virtually society, Lord. But we look to you. We know you're in control. We know that you bring good from all things and that in you all things hold together for they are from you, through you, for you. Romans eleven thirty six, And so we just lean on and trust in you. Ask you to be with and bless each listener today and throughout the break and uh, throughout their journey of life that you bring comfort and peace and healing God as we go through the difficulties we face because of a sin-filled fallen world that we would remember who you are and that you're trustworthy. May you get all the credit and the praise and the glory and be lifted up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.